by far the biggest story in the National Hockey League. Evander Kane, now a member of the Edmonton Oilers. And, and Gord, uh, as, as we welcome in uh, Dan Milstein, uh, really the architect behind this deal. And uh, I will say this as we welcome in Dan. Uh, I, I make a lot of phone calls you know, over my years as, as a broadcaster. And when we first started hearing thoughts of Evander Kane again playing in the National Hockey League a lot of people said nah this is this is BS this is just an agent trying to drum up business and there's a lot of people out there Dan that did not believe that Evander Kane could find himself wearing a National Hockey League uniform uh, again this season but uh, you proved them all wrong well thank you thanks for having me on your show Um, you know I'm just uh, doing my job with you Love what you do. You'll never work another day in your life. So I'm a sports agent, amongst many other things, because I love what I do. And so technically, I'm unemployed. Every day I wake up, I uh, look in the mirror, and uh, I go hard at it. Success is never owned. It is rented, and the rent is due every day. (laughs) Well said. Well said. Um, Dan, just quickly, before we maybe just get into a few things uh, uh, around the, the details of this deal, just give us a quick background. You have you did not represent um, Evander Kane um, his whole career. Uh, he was with another agency. So when did that happen? And where were you when you first um, possibly heard about representing him? And uh, how quickly did you have to learn about the person first? Because there's so much out there on the Internet. Uh, I was actually um, uh, in uh, in Toronto uh, in the parking garage of the Delta Hotel. Uh, I was about to go see, uh, have a meeting with Ilya Mikheyev. And uh, I got a message on Twitter and basically it was a vendor saying, hey, can I have your phone number? And uh, so he called me um, and also uh, reached out to me and, and uh, uh, about a possibility of uh, representing him. And uh, I asked him, said, who else did you talk to? And uh, he basically said, uh, uh, in the last couple of months, he hasn't spoken to anybody. He uh, liked what I did uh, with other clients. Obviously, in San Jose, I had, uh, at the time, five other clients uh, uh, between the farm club and the main club. And uh, he liked uh, uh, what I did. And obviously, he must have gotten some good feedback from uh, some of my mutual friends and clients and uh, felt comfortable and asked uh, to represent him. So if one of us, Dan, are to meet Evander Kane, tell us about Evander Kane, your impressions. You know, about you'd be surprised Evander Kane's like what? So, you know what, I uh, obviously, just like uh, everybody, I was I was concerned in the beginning because I didn't know him personally. So I've uh, uh, done some due diligence, called on my clients uh, uh, at uh, San Jose and other organizations. One of my, uh, uh, one of the, one of my better uh, clients, uh, I've called them and I basically, I asked him, I said, uh, uh, would you play with? I didn't tell him that uh, I was speaking to Vendor, but I I, I asked uh, if um, uh, uh, his thoughts on playing with uh, with uh, Evander Kane on the same team. And without any hesitation, uh, this gentleman said absolutely would. And so to me at the time, um, and obviously after doing some further due diligence, I felt very comfortable. When you speak to Evander, he is a well-spoken, um, educated man. He knows what he wants. Um, and so I felt, um, you know, we hit it off uh, uh, from the first meeting and first conversation. Uh, and, um, you know, every day through the last, uh, since November 3rd, I've been on the phone with him at least four to 
20 times every single day, similar to what I do with uh, all of our other clients. I mean, one of the things that we do here at Gold Star Hockey is, uh, regardless if you're a superstar or if you're just an up-and-coming 14-, 15-year-old kid, it's all about, uh, you know, being available, helping, answering the phone on the first ring. Look, I haven't called in sick since 1998, dead or alive. I always work. And um, I'll go back to Lula Morella when I was negotiating Nikita Zaitsev's contract. He, I asked him, or he actually asked me, what is it, how can you sum up in one word what everybody wants and needs? And that word is feelings. You treat others the way you want to be treated. And if you just, anything I do, I always think of that one word, feelings. And it's very powerful. Dan, when, it, when you first uh, decided to represent him and know what the challenges were, uh, tell us a little bit about the phone calls around the National Hockey League from uh, you know, all the teams that you've you, you talked to, just in terms of concerns. And uh, were there as many as what we thought there were? Because right out of the gate, there, I had heard maybe six or eight teams. Was it more? Just the initial response to, hey, this guy could be available, um, and, and, and how the team's perceived from there. So I found out uh, that uh, Sharks were putting um, Evander on waivers. Uh, I was, it was middle of the night in Moscow. Uh, I was packing my bags to come back to the United States. I was coming, coming off a two-week scouting trip. Um, and so uh, my phone blew up like a Christmas tree. Uh, I received the very first phone call was uh, uh, was one of the general managers uh, um, in the New York vicinity. Uh, uh, just wanted to know what's happening. And then from there on, uh, I received uh, phone calls. But look, uh, phone calls come in, scouts and general managers, they're doing their jobs. And so the initial uh, initial effort from, 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 from well over 20 teams. Um, and then uh, from there on, on by, the, by the time the second, third day rolled, uh, we've uh, had the list down to about uh, 15, 16 teams, and uh, uh, we have had numerous Zoom calls with uh, Evander. So we took down the list uh, of teams uh, based on w- uh, his needs and where we saw him fit in. And um, uh, over the next uh, couple of days, we had uh, numerous Zoom calls with, uh, uh, with the general managers and head coaches from, from the teams uh, that, uh, uh, that we were seriously considering. And then, of course, they were doing their due diligence as well. So it was a two-way we wanted to make sure that the relationship was perfect, that this wasn't one of those um, uh, scenarios where, uh, where we uh, push the client down their throat or vice versa. So we wanted to make sure that uh, um, he had a chance to, to win. Because to Evander right now, winning is the most important thing, by far more than money, more than anything else. He wants to uh, win, and uh, uh, that's extremely important. So, okay, so you answered part of it there about winning, Dan, but when it came down to whatever teams had serious interest in the last few days, why were the Edmonton Oilers, in your and Evander's opinion, the best fit for him right now? Well, um, uh, numerous things. Uh, you know, Ken Holland, and Evander asked because he never met Ken Holland prior to their, you know, obviously we've had numerous Zoom calls, and then he had a dinner uh, with uh, the head coach and uh, Ken uh, had a dinner on Monday, two and a half hour dinner in Vancouver uh, the night before the game, and so Evander felt extremely comfortable with them. Kenny and I go back to the mid 2000s since the Pavel Datsuk's early days or, uh, in uh, in Detroit, and so I know what kind of a, uh, a person uh, and what kind of a general manager Ken Holland is. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, you know, anytime look, anytime you have a chance to play with. Uh, 
uh, with one of the best players in the National Hockey League, you should be seriously considering that because it doesn't happen that often. And uh, Evander did speak with uh, Connor McDavid um, at least uh, on the one occasion. And uh, you know what? Uh, but uh, they had uh, the team had a press conference or uh, media day the very next day after our Zoom call and the conversation. And uh, what Ken Holland said and what Connor McDavid said um, uh, uh, publicly uh, meant a lot to Evander. And uh, from there on, uh, Edmonton was in the running. We This was long before we discussed the money part. And I've read all kinds of stuff that he was on the, being put on the plane to go to Edmonton. And um, uh, there was a lot of fake media, if you will, out there uh, up until – up until uh, uh, yesterday, about uh, five o'clock uh, or so, uh, uh, we didn't have uh, uh, we didn't have the final. You know, we had an idea, but uh, we've agreed on cer- certain things. Like literally uh, five minutes, ten minutes prior to me putting the tweet out, uh, letting the world know that uh, we have verbally agreed to contract. We are speaking with Dan Milstein, the agent for Evander Kane, uh, CEO of Gold Star Family of Companies. Uh, Dan, I, I'm sure you had a chance to, to, to watch and listen to Evander Kane today. Uh, there's no question he's a very confident guy. Uh, but was there a, a plan or, or some, some talk between the two of you on, on other ways besides great play that he can rehabilitate his image? Because he does need to, to still win over a lot of people uh, in that Edmonton area and maybe hockey fans around the world. Well, certainly we have had all kinds of conversations. Uh, I'd rather keep it uh, confidential and private for the time being. Uh, but uh, you will see a phenomenal hockey player uh, helping a great franchise. And um, uh, and uh, you will see him uh, doing wonderful things on and off ice, uh, something that uh, our group at Gold Star Hockey would uh, help Evander in any way we can. And, um, you know, uh, I'd rather not say but show it to you. So, uh, just uh, bear with us, give us some time, and you'll see some good things. Kippy, I'm going to pivot a little bit. Just another client, Dan, Ilya Mikheyev, since we're in Toronto. And just uh, obviously a unique situation that he'll be an unrestricted free agent. You know, the whole every team seems to be in salary cap trouble and that. But uh, So I don't know what you can share just about his experience in Toronto, how much he likes it here and or doesn't, and, you know, where that may or may not be proceeding right now. Well, first off, I mean, you've obviously seen all kinds of reports flying, especially over the summer um, uh, and stuff like that. But uh, just uh, to be clear, Ilya selected Toronto. He had many teams that were chasing him when he was a free agent, and he chose to come to Toronto. He uh, had numerous conversations with the general manager, Kyle Dubas. He's had numerous conversations with Jimmy Palafito, uh the director of selection of players. And uh, uh, at the time, it was Mike Babcock and then later with Sheldon. So... Um, so he, he chose to come to Toronto, um, and uh, uh, so uh, his season so far um, is, is, as you all know, going well. Hopefully he's going to stay healthy. Um, obviously, uh, Toronto is a great hockey market, and uh, as far as the future, um, you know, I'm sure at some point in time Kyle and I would get together and talk about it, but at this point in time, I'm just super happy that uh, he's finally healthy and he's playing good hockey, helping the team, and uh, uh, and uh, good things are happening. So uh, that's all I can say at the moment. And uh, uh, like I said, at some point in time, you know, Kyle and I will get together um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk some more. What, uh, Gord, what was that movie uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr., Show Me the Money? 
Um, Show me the money. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan, I do believe that we saw something like that. You when... did. You did. Hey. And you know what? I'm 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 a huge fan of my clients. I will do anything and everything for my guys. I'm the very first one in at a <laughs> to the hospital. You know, I you know, anytime anyone has a surgery, whether it's Nikita Kucherov or the up and coming 16, 17 year old kid, I am there flying. I'm right there with them anytime I can. You know, they're like kids to me because, look, I'm a sports agent because I love it, not because I need you. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously I have all the other things and businesses uh, uh, as well. But uh, you know what? And this isn't the, the, the show me the money. It wasn't Kyle Dubas. Give me some cash, right? Because we haven't had any conversations about the extension. And we don't want to have it. And look, Ilya is having a wonderful time playing good minutes on a very good competitive team. And, uh, uh, and show me the money was more of a, you know, finally, you know, Ilya is scoring. He's scoring like almost at a goal per game, uh, and so it was. It was. It was an exciting moment. But the reason I removed the tweet because I, I quickly I realized the perception that people thought I was going to squeeze uh, some extra cash, and that wasn't my intention at all. It was just show me the money. Something that I say every single time, uh, and it's not necessarily the contract. It's it's like you're doing great. We're gonna get. You know, we're going places. You know what they say. When you drive a Mercedes, you're going somewhere. But when you drive a Ford, you already got there. Dan, um, there's there's not a chance you could be a successful agent uh, without having uh, good relationships uh, with general managers. So I, I assume that maybe even Kyle might have got a good chuckle out of the, the show me the money uh, uh, text or tweet. You know, hopefully he did. <laughs> That's, you know, obviously Kyle and I have a great relationship. Uh, uh, just on the record, two years ago, uh, before the coronavirus, I have flown to Europe with 18 different general managers at, the, at different times in the, in the year. So uh, I have uh, I maintain good relationships uh, around the league with different general managers. And uh, as far as um, um, uh, Kyle, you know, let, me, let me tell you, people don't give enough credit uh, uh, to Kyle. Um, you, you know, just when Ilias, when he had that, that bad freak accident, uh, December 26th, I believe, in New Jersey, Kyle stayed in the hotel room with him for the next three or four days as he was uh, getting the surgery done. Um, just recently, uh, SDA um, had his, uh, his grandma passed away in Russia. And so he calls me at like midnight after a game and uh, goes, like, what should I do? Uh, I, and I told him, I said, I said well, listen, uh, I don't know if you should go to Russia right now, uh, but uh, why don't you call Kyle? And I know that Kyle called back, or he told the team services guy, and Kyle called him back uh, with condolences. But most importantly, he put him at the team's expense on the plane to go to the funeral. Um, you, you know, and that's what, uh, and then I've had many other clients with the similar things. You know, it's, it, it, this stuff is beyond hockey. This is, this is life. And if you've seen, uh, you know, my, my movie, The, the Russian Five, um, and uh, this, is, this is very, you know, it's all about, you know, it's all about the feelings, doing the right things. So by far, this is bigger than any of us. Wondering, yeah, so the the, the Russian Five, so you, you, uh, Keith Gabe wrote the book, right? Didn't he, too? Yeah, Keith, so uh, Goldster Films and Goldster Publishing, Publishing published uh, Keith Gabe's book, and then I made, I was the executive producer, I financed uh, and was instrumental, spent four years of my life making the Russian Five, something that I am extremely proud of. Yeah. 
I, I got to tell people got to read it and watch it. I, I we had Keith in studio. We talked. I saw the movie, so you should be extremely proud about that. Now, okay, let's get this. Kippy and I, we got time to fill every day. So there's such a have and have nots right now. Teams in the playoffs. Teams not in the playoffs. So there seem Dan to be a lot more potential sellers at the trade deadline. And of course, players talk. Players wonder. Are you getting a sense it could be a real active trade deadline or? You know, has the lingering effects of COVID, like how does that impact? What, what, what's your gut feel? Well, I mean, last year we've seen, you know, last free agency was all about the defensemen. I mean, guys have gotten uh, uh, paid, which, by the way, uh, you know, obviously Toronto did a great job retaining one of the uh, one of the guys, uh, um, at the, in, in my opinion, team-friendly um, uh, uh, situation, which is great. But uh, going back to my clients specifically and what I'm seeing uh, here in, in, in the marketplace, uh, the, everybody's going back to St. Louis, you know, right around this time, uh, to, in 2018, 2017, early 2018, they were in the dead last spot. And, uh, uh, and four months later, five months later, they were the ones, uh, uh, hosting the Stanley cup, uh, in St. Louis. So, uh, a lot, uh, there's a lot of hockey left, uh, anything, anything is possible. And then also in all fairness, most teams haven't been healthy. I mean, either the injuries or the COVID situation. So, um, uh, some of the general managers still have no, you know, they still have not seen their roster, their active team. So I think we're going to, uh, it's going to take some time this year. First of all, uh, the deadline is what, two months away from now. So we have plenty of time, plenty of hockey to play. So there's no need to rush. And uh, um, and then hopefully guys would get healthy right after the, uh, the all-star break. And, uh, and then uh, the general managers would see what they have. And then we'll see what happens. Business as usual. And then look of uh, there is a there is a marketplace uh, uh, virtually for any situation. Dan, we really appreciate your time and uh, a little background into uh, how this really uh, came about uh, so quickly. In, in my estimation, uh, congratulations on the deal, and I can say just uh, you know from a selfish point of view for all of us and, and society in general, uh, I, I hope this turns into a feel-good story for Evander Kane that. Uh, it does work out. It's in our best interest for everybody uh, on and off the ice that, that this turns into a, a positive story. Look, I have absolutely no doubts in my mind that, uh, that it's going to turn out great. We're going to do anything and everything we can to help Evander uh, to, uh, to get to the next level. He's going to have a good time playing hockey, and he is getting his life back in order. Uh, you know, yesterday, and I'll finish it, uh, you, you know, yesterday after we had very hectic the last uh, – uh, the last month, uh, you know, selecting teams going through this uh, uh, NHL investigation into the illegal entry to Canada and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, after it was all said and done, especially the last hour when we had to go back on a signing bonus and many details, I walked, uh, I just went on a two-hour walk and I had a feeling like I haven't had since uh, uh, since my guys, Nikita Kucherov and Andrei Vasilevsky, won the second Stanley Cup in front of their fans in Tampa. It was, uh, you know, it was a mini victory, uh, not only for a vendor, but for the little 12-year-old kid who is in plane in Russia who doesn't have money to buy skates, for the 14-year-old kid in Sweden uh, who is inspiring, aspiring to be a uh, hockey player too. This was a victory not only for a vendor king, but for, you know, everybody deserves a second chance, and everybody deserves a chance at all. And uh, so, um, you know, to, it, to me, it was a extremely satisfying Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate your time. Dan Milstein, agent for Evander Kane, Gold Star family of companies. Um, 
Interesting stuff, man. Gord Kane, uh, may, yeah, Kane may play tomorrow night against Montreal, huh? Well, he's, you know, he's a guy that I don't, you know, think he had training camp. So uh, he's played in the American Hockey League. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been skating. It's not like you're pulling him off of. Uh, it's not like it's a Kucherev where you're just throwing him in there and saying, uh, uh, "Be great right away." And and he could be, but. I'm interesting to see how 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 good he looks this weekend. Yeah, yeah. If whatever he plays, if it is this weekend, you're right. I I just hey, it's a can't lose uh, pick by uh, Edmonton, and uh, you know, like Dan says, I agree about whether it's second, third chances, or still the uh, whether it's litigation or whatever they're doing with the San Jose Sharks trying to figure out um, the the big contract, which right now they've they basically terminated. But uh, he's just got to focus on uh, on this opportunity. Certainly helps with the Edmonton Oilers uh, coming off a couple of wins right now. They seem to be uh, getting stronger. Uh, Nugent Hopkins. Uh, sometimes I don't think he gets uh, the credit that he he deserves, and never going to be a superstar in this na- uh, in this National Hockey League. But a guy that came in and kind of shorted up a little bit for them, and now you have a- uh, add Evander Kane, and if he can kind of come in and 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 hold a spot in, in the top six, which we all believe that he will, uh, Gord. They they may have a, a little bit of a different look. I'm not sure where they are on on their goaltending. Uh, Koskinen gets the win last night. Did you watch the reaction of the players after the game? And Connor spoke that, uh, you know, they feel for him and what he's gone through. I thought that was a nice moment for their hockey club. I think what he did last Saturday, I got no skin in the game. I don't know Miko Koskinen, and I was cheering like crazy for him. They were down two nothing. It was like it was it, it was Armageddon. It was on the verge of disaster. I really think that they lost. I don't. I know Ken Holland doesn't fire coaches, but he may have had no choice. It was getting to that about with Dave Tippett and Koskinen goes in, and they're saying, "Okay, Mike Smith's hurt again. Skinner's in COVID protocol. Everyone thinks you suck and you're terrible, but go out and play." He got. He's got a good. I like. And then they're down two nothing. And he look. And so I think you know. And I'm glad they said that as a team because a lot of people thought Leon Drysidel's indifference in the press conference was he couldn't single out the goaltending about being a problem. So I, I give that guy all kinds of credit. Their goaltending still isn't very good. They're going to have to make a trade for a goaltender. But man, you talk about a competitor. What this guy's done. Uh, so I, I was glad the team acknowledged that because that was a big big thing. Well, they're they got to hang in there right now uh, because we know this thing could slip very quickly here in the next uh, month. They got to, they, they got, they got to start getting hot again. I just well, don't know whether or not Koskinen's going to be able to do it. And you know, where Mike Smith is with his health, uh, scary to think that they have Mike Smith next year on another year, Mac or uh, uh, Gord at uh, 2 million. Well, I'm honored to be called Doug McLean. I'd like to be where he is now, <laughs> golfing, wherever the heck it is. But, uh, uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury isn't going to go there. I, I mean, I mean, they almost have to try to find, like, a Camp Talbot type who, ironically, they had before. But that kind of, you know, what Minnesota picked. And just, anyway, we'll, and again, we'll see as far as the trade deadline goes. I, I just, you know, you look at the games and, and you know, the Canadian-based teams. So, okay, they, they beat Nashville 3-2 in a shootout. And that Pacific division is the one that has some kind of competition. And meanwhile, the Central 
is going the way of the Atlantic and Metropolitan because what is with the Winnipeg Jets? So our buddy Bruce Boudreau, his Vancouver Canuck team wins 5-1, two for two on the power play. Miller gets three goals. Life is good. I, You know, I'm Kippy, Winnipeg, I've loved this team and I've, start, I've thought it through and I, you know, I... I pick there, there's moments, and last year as we as we took a tough one being Leaf fans when they lost to Montreal, Edmonton fans took a real tough one. They got swept by Winnipeg, right? Oof. And now you're thinking this path that was paved for the Maple Leafs now is paved for the Winnipeg Jets. Shifley hits Jake. Jake Evans got two goals last night for Montreal. That's why I thought about it. That hit on that out of, out of character hit on Evans that got him suspended. And then the Jets got, you know, they didn't go to the Final Four. Montreal did, as we well know. They've never been the same team since. Connor Hellebuck's given up a bad goal every game, like whether it's stick handling or or one going through his legs. Like, they're starting to fall back like things in the Metropolitan and Atlantic divisions. Yeah. See, when, when I think about a turn for the Winnipeg Jets, I go to the, the moment Bufflin said I, I had enough. They'd lost such a presence and it's not even enough for Shifley and and Wheeler. That blue yeah, thought, line, yeah. that blue line got devastated. And I think you can look at Shea Weber and say the th- same thing for the Montreal Canadiens. I'll go back, Gord, to the Philadelphia Flyers, and the moment they lost Chris Pronger, it was downhill. That's. The, oh, yeah. the, the big guy that can control 20, 25 minutes, that is, it is huge. And the presence of Bufflin and not being able to replace them, uh, to me, is the number one thing that's gone on with the Winnipeg Jets. And something has been off also, I believe, uh, in that dressing room. And there was always something not right with that whole development of Patrick Laine where there was just never a fit in there and it just seemed like something was always off with the Winnipeg Jets and I bet that Paul Maurice right now is watching this from wherever he is and going well maybe it wasn't my message that uh they, they weren't they weren't getting all this time yeah, well, you know, it just, yeah, Paul Maurice, like that was a stunner. The last coach you expect to retire or, or, or step down from the outside. And you thought, well, Philadelphia is a good example. Here they're still trying to replace them, right? You know, you know, Chuck Fletcher went and got Ryan Ellis and Ristolainen. Winnipeg got Nate Schmidt. They got Pionk in a trade. And, yeah, it just it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. So that, you know, you're, uh, like like I always say, Kippy, uh, the, the dressing room is real. And we don't know it if you're not in it. And obviously, there's something we really don't know about about the Winnipeg Jets. The, the other thing was you you brought up, yeah. Unfortunately, on the injury front, uh, you mentioned it, Nathan McKinnon. It doesn't appear like it's a minor scrape at this point. And uh, Sammy, you were just talking about Adam Fox that uh, the he got hurt late last night. I don't think a lot of people know in that game, and uh, apparently, he's going to be out for a little bit. Yeah, he's going to the IR which is, I mean, that is a massive blow. I mean, you can talk about Nathan McKinnon and what a huge loss that is for for the Avalanche, but they have more than enough to kind of fill the, the gap. And they're, I mean, they're, they're way out there in terms of standings. Like, they, they, can, they can paper over the loss of Nathan McKinnon for a little while. But losing Fox is, that's a really tough one. I mean, he's got to be in one of the front runners for the Norse again this year. Every time I see the Rangers play, I'm t- 
completely taken by him. I don't know if he reminds you of a of a, of a young Brian Leach there, uh, Kipper. Like he's just got that smoothness to him. I, I'm a huge fan of his. So that's a massive loss for for the Rangers with him going on the IR. Yeah, it really is, and I think it's a fair comparison uh, to to Brian Leach. The one thing I will say is that I don't think anybody truly understands how strong Brian Leach was, uh, just in terms of uh, the power, the leg, uh, much like a, a Sidney Crosby, where you wouldn't necessarily think that uh, a Sidney Crosby is a mule out there in, in so many ways, but he has the strength of a mule, uh, the, the lower body, the power of the legs. And I'm, I don't think Lee, Brian Leach was much more than probably 190, 95 pounds, but he, he could dish hits and he could take hits. Now I'm watching last night, Fox uh, get caught in the corner and I'm not sure uh, if it was uh uh, uh, Gav- Gavrikov, the defenseman, who who hit him, but he took a really good shot. Now, Fox isn't much more than I think a, a buck seventy-five, a buck eighty. Now, I'm I'm playing the Rangers. That I'm, I'm pounding that guy, and I think it's just as as he continues to do great things out on the ice. More and more of these pregame co- uh, meetings, teams are going to go against. They're going to go get your licks on this guy every chance you get. And and I, I think that's what's happening now. He is phenomenal out there. He is he is the number one secret weapon. It's not Panarin. It's not Zabatajad. It is Fox. He dictates 200 feet, the pace of play for that hockey club. And I I, I just wonder right now, I mean, how, how much can you insulate him? Is it even enough? Because that's the first target I'm I'm on playing the Rangers. And in the playoffs, that's all you do. That's all oh, yeah. you do in the playoffs because you're wearing them down for, uh, you know, for your own team's good as the series goes on, as you finish your hits. So I guess, I, I guess, Sammy, you know what? Naz to the rescue. Nazem Kadri. Yeah. You know, when oh, guys like guys like McKinnon return from from uh, from being hurt, Naz goes to the second line. And he's still in the top five in scoring. Like he just won't go away at the, at the, at the halfway point. He's having a phenomenal year. Yeah, fifty-five points in thirty-eight games for Nazem Kadri. I, you always talk about the contract year stuff, but boy, this is quite a contract year for Kadri. Like, I don't think you could ever imagine it going any better. We talked about it last week with him switching agents, or maybe that was earlier this week. We talked about that. Um, he is going to be an exceedingly rich man on top of the money that he's already made from the contract that uh, Lou Lamorello gave him back all those years ago when he was first here in Toronto. But man, I'm happy for him. Always a huge fan. Always wish they never traded him. You know, ifs and buts, it happens. But boy, he sure he sure would look good on the th- on the least third line right now if they could figure out the money. Uh, be- McKinnon with a uh, fracture and oh, uh, a concussion. Yeah, Yikes. fractured his face, and and people are Gosh. going, well, he's questionable for the All Star game, so he's going to miss the next three games, and then they're going to bring him into the All Star game. Oh, like, what are you nuts? Well, there's no hitting. It doesn't work. <laughs> Gord, you're not. You're, you're resting that guy. Totally, that guy, totally. He's he's your nuclear missile. You 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 hide it until you need it, and. Uh, that's that's a guy that they got to get ready for the the back half here and and pick your spots and and get ready for a playoff run on a team that is really supposed to 
Gosh. minimum get into a final or, or win the yeah. whole thing here. So it'll be interesting because there is some talk now about Claude Giroux and he's got a complete no move, which some are suggesting to me that uh, Colorado would be of great interest. Now, Chuck Fletcher has gone on record saying he's the boss and whatever he wants. And well, that's I, what he's got to say. I, Chuck's got to say just, that. I just look at... Uh, a real minimum return when when you've got when you're painted in that corner that Chuck sure. Fletcher is with that no move uh, between Colorado and and, and Claude Giroux, uh, you should be able to uh, make this deal out of a minimal return to Philadelphia. You've got them. You, they both have Philadelphia right where they want them, and that's like I want to go here, and we're mm-hmm. not going to spend too much. I, I just think out of res- you'd think out of respect if he wants to go somewhere. You're going to get uh, now. I don't know if he comes back to Philadelphia. I doubt it, but he still could do that. I just mean that option's always open when you leave. Leave as a hired gun, but you know to get back to Sammy's point before, because uh, Drew's contract's up as well, and Nazem Kadri. I I still think Kippy. Unfortunately, the the salary flat cap blues like Taylor Hall and Mike Hoffman and other forwards have faced. Uh, it's still going to be there. Like it's it's the D, it's the Petrangelos of the world or the Seth Jones of the world getting you know re-upped. That seemed to be first and foremost. And so Nazem Kadri, yeah, he's 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 due a big payday. But I think the big paydays for forwards are still going to be tough this summer. Really? Okay, let's go so back. What to... would you guys envision him getting? I just mean teams are up against the cap. That's all I mean. I don't, like I could in in a sorry in, in a, so Kippy. I don't know what you you got a number, but you got to have that number. Just like we talked about Chuck Fletcher getting a blank check from the business guy. There's no point having a bank check if you can't spend spend anything because you're up against the cap. Like so many teams are that that kind of budgeted for not a flat cap for three years running. Well, it, at that that point, it's just money in, money out, and who's who's not happy with. Uh, uh, they're they're five or six million dollar player, and how easily can they they get them out? But I would imagine it's about uh, a situation for Claude Giroux. He's made a lot of money, and I, there's not that many Jason Spetzes that would play for free and give up uh, the the seven fifty right minimal. And mm-hmm. Jason's gone on record say if I could if I could play for less, I would play for less. But uh, I, he's still got game. He's still a pretty good player. And if he does find himself in a Colorado uniform uh, this spring, he may well prove he can still be a, a six or seven million dollar player. Well, but I would say, what do you think about Kadri? About just a bad time to be a free agent? Oh no! I, I, I come on, Zach Hyman, five point five. Let's just start okay. there. Well, okay. Well, what so, did I just? But he also, the, the, it's Edmonton. It's Edmonton. You, you get an extra million for going to Edmonton. The the key the key for Kadri is going to be term. I think people would be happy to give Kadri six or seven million dollars on a on a three year deal. Right? But can he get it for five? Can he get it for six? That's the challenge. Yeah, mm. terms. His numbers. You. His numbers will prove that uh, that he he's in that ballpark of 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 six. North of six. 
So that you could be the soft. That? Yeah, that could be your, the soft. Yes. Because first of all, on the management side, it's not that money kills you. Term kills you. Too much term comes back and kills you. So you want to give the money and you want less term. And maybe, you know, Sammy, that's that's the soft. This, this, this year is uh, everyone knows it's a flat cap. So if you're going to get the money, you're not going to quite get the term. Yeah. I would, uh, if I was Nazem Kadri's agent, which I'm far from, I would be going for money and term, but I'm sure that's what everybody does. But I don't know. I just, I, I think there's, you can see both sides of this argument saying a guy finally coming into his own offensively. And you can also see the other side of it where it's a guy, uh, cashing in in a, in a, in a, uh, contract year. But before, before we go to break, was we talk about the, the Arizona thing yesterday? I, I don't think we did. I just wanted to touch on that quickly. The, the five thousand seat barn. What did, what did oh, you guys make of that? I was yeah. I was a little bit uh, dumbfounded by the by the idea of them playing an NHL team playing in a college drink. Well, I think this helps Arizona a lot. Uh, their their number one goal next year is to have one sellout. <laughs> <laughs> and this this will give them that opportunity. Well, I'll I'll because I'll, I'll, to, to your first of all. It's going to be a great facility, Arizona State, the ice rink, but it's five or six thousand. They're talking uh, three or four years, and just as we're talking about, you know, revenues and growing the cap and how the league doesn't like these no, uh, no fans in the crowd in in Canada or fifty percent. Like you're going to allow Arizona to do that? I mean, I got to think. I don't know who's first up there. I don't know who has the ownership group that Seattle had or Winnipeg did between Houston, Atlanta, and Quebec City. But I, I would think I would think the NHL, you know, it's been polite to anybody that wants to chat. But man, you got to start talking a little more business. You're going to go three years for yeah. like a five thousand seat or five thousand max capacity. Give me a break. I couldn't I, agree more. It's a joke. I, I I feel like I've screamed about this on the show before, but just put them somewhere where they like hockey. I don't. I, it doesn't work. Why is it just ego with Gary? Is that why he doesn't want to do it? Like, what is he trying to prove by keeping them there? It doesn't it's just, work. It's it, he loves that market, and it is a good market. It's but a what, good sports market. What does he love about it? Uh, they don't. Gord, is it not a top six or seven market when it comes to uh, television? Yeah. And... It's a, yeah, it's an area you want to be. There's a belief if you finally get a good location. Location, 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 like real estate's Sam. all about. That it'll it'll become the next Tampa it's, Bay. It's like not, Tampa Bay wasn't like that when it started. Remember, remember playing in the fairgrounds and stuff guys, like that in Tampa Bay, Kippy. Sam, it's not the market; it's the ownership. That's it. It's it's fine. It can work there. It's just finding the right owner that people want to deal with, build you an arena, and and make sure it's in the right spot here. So I, I get why Gary's held on to this thing for what now a hundred years well he owned it like. for a while he would have presented so, the stanley yeah. cup to himself so, one year one one year he would have given the cup to bill daly so uh uh just you're you're it is reminiscent of 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 that first tampa bay lightning game in history they're going to be playing that like should they sign chris contos <laughs> he can score four goals in buildings like that where was that? The county or what was that? Oh, the uh, the like the fairgrounds, the Tampa. Fair it was like going, it was like going to the Canadian National Exhibition, and they just finished up a rodeo, and somebody put some ice out there, and you watched a <laughs> hockey game. Oh, it was really, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They they came a long, long way. Did the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning? Chris Contos could help. You know, we all like Chris. I don't know where he is now. He was doing some work at CKVR Barry years ago, yeah, but he's, he's he, the weatherman he there, isn't he? 
Well, yeah, he, he, he could help Arizona now. So could all the weathermen. So could Tom Brown from, uh, uh, yeah, whatever, from CTV. Okay. They could all help, yeah. Gordon, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're going to come back. We also want to talk about Zegris's, uh Michigan goal, another yeah. one. Uh, let's get into that after the break, and let's try to maybe even hunt down a Brett Hall. He's down there with uh, the Dallas uh, Stars. They're going to welcome in uh, uh, a Jersey Knight uh, going to the rafters for Sergei Zubov. We'll try to hunt him down after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born, show number 79. We're back. Nick Kiprios, Gord Stellick. Gord, you mentioned uh, on the top of the show uh, two ceremonies going on today. Henrik Lundqvist in New York and Sergei, Sergei Zuboff in Dallas. Which one comes to mind first for you? Well, unfortunately, it's not even close. You know, it's and that's not, you know, and, and I, I love you. And I I did talk to Ken Hitchcock before about some Zuboff, and you were a teammates of his. But Henrik Lundqvist, and you know, you weren't in New York a long time, but you really understood, embraced it. Like they like genuineness, the fans. Like you can be, you know, Joe Namath way back when, or you could be somebody more serious, whatever. And uh, I I just loved his aura, his personality, and a guy that uh, had that kind of run with the New York Rangers. And now doing great on the media side as well. So he he is the king, and I'm not saying Sergei Zubov's the pauper. I don't quite mean it that way, but it's 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 just, you know, two different, as far as two different cases as far as their profiles go, Kipper. And uh, I, I watched Lundqvist. We've all watched Lundqvist, and, and he comes off of uh, our, our 94 Stanley Cup basically a few years later, but uh, by far the biggest star uh, after that. And, man, uh, did everything, absolutely everything, except win a Stanley Cup. Um, but, you know, the Ranger fans haven't had a whole lot to cheer about. I mean, they've been very successful in terms of conference finals and, uh, and Stanley Cup. Um, but as far as getting over that hump, uh, it, it almost, we, we look back on it, and the first guy we, we feel for is, is Lundqvist for doing everything he could except actually win. Yeah, and, and nor- normally, like, we just saw a great, there was a great 30-for-30 uh, 30 30 about that New York Met team in 1986, right? They tend to glom on to teams that won it all, like your team d- did back in 1994. But I think, you know, the fans, appre- you know, appreciated and understood all that about Henrik was doing everything from the net to do that. You know, Kippy, someone in the organization or close to the organization uh, were texting yesterday, so he had... Uh, when Henrik signed in Washington, he was really looking forward to a new challenge, getting out of his comfort zone, et cetera. Then the heart issue came up, and he says, I remember talking to him saying, he said, it's pretty ironic that I was ready to play for another team, but my heart wouldn't let me. You know, I mean, just, uh, and for, unfortunately, health-wise, all's good with him, but that's what happened. You thought he would get one of the all-time great ovations returning as an opposing team player with the Washington Capitals playing the New York Rangers, but instead he'll, he'll get it appropriately going up to the rafters with his team, New York. I used to be, Gord, one of those guys where uh, I don't, in, in Lundquist's case, uh, I used to be the guy that said, I don't want to see him in another uniform. And I'm sure a lot of Ranger fans feel the same way, and you just alluded to it. But I don't know. Sometimes I think that uh, a few years later, it doesn't really matter. Nobody would have really remembered, uh, you know, that that scenario. Maybe they would have if he would have actually played or or won a Stanley Cup. 
that that's a different beast. But I look back at so many guys and I can't even remember them actually being with that organization. And then there's a, a picture of, you know, Rick Tockett in a Boston Bruin uniform. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, I, I, I don't know if it would have mattered. I, I, I think with free agency, we can't expect that anymore. Like, I don't know, people like it's a wonderful story, but but why have your last two, three years that aren't very good, you know, go somewhere else. Like Rick Tockett just got in the Flyers Hall of Fame with Paul Holmgren, and wherever else he played didn't change that he's a consummate flyer. Ray Bork won a Stanley Cup with Colorado, but he's the Bruin, right? You know, so I'm with you. Mike Medano, who's a teammate, you know, played in Detroit, a teammate of his in Dallas, you know. Um, but I want to ask you, Kippy, because one thing Ken Hitchcock said was Zuboff led your team in scoring in the regular season. You won a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. Then he was involved in a big trade going to Pittsburgh, you know, brought, I think it was Luke Robitaille over, whatever. And then the next year he gets traded to Dallas. So he kind of couldn't figure out why he got traded so much. And, and, and Hitch said Hitchcock was in a cab with Bob Ganey and a call came from Craig Patrick saying, would you trade Kevin Hatcher for Sergei Zuboff? And, you know, right, right away they did it. And, and Hatcher was playing with his brother Darian in Dallas and, and uh, you know, kind of a good old-fashioned one-for-one trade for top-notch defensemen. So, I, I, I mean, what did you think of the trade at the time, if you can remember? Well, it was, it was basically really ugly. And we knew, and it's been well-documented, this is after our, our, our cup run and there was uh, uh, internal fighting going on between Keenan and, and Mike Smith. And that, that whole thing just just dismantled our, our hockey club in, in, in many different ways. But the number one thing uh, that, that didn't really truly allow uh, a run of three years to, to go with uh, the core group was losing Zuboff. That's what did it in uh, on, on that trade, which I, I think included Peter Nedved at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, that 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 one he he was such a key figure. Both him and Brian Leach, uh, two of the the, the very best in, in my opinion, when it came to that uh, that era and that power play uh, was phenomenal. But uh, again, Zubov probably didn't get the credit uh, that he deserved, uh, especially when you're also lost in maybe a, a Brian Leach con Smythe that year as well. But uh, well earned uh, by Zubov uh, tonight having 56 go to the rafters. He was part of a couple interesting trades. Like you said, in 1990, in on June 16th, his draft picks, the, the draft pick rights were traded from the Quebec Nordiques to the New York Rangers for signing Guy Lafleur. How about that? <laughs> wow. Wow. God, Guy, and Guy then, had a little... And then he was traded, like you said, with Peter Nedved to the Penguins for Luke Robitaille and Alf Samuelson. So there you go. Yeah. In 95, August 31st, yeah. that trade happened. Love okay. Alfie. And but... then traded for Kevin Hatcher. Yeah. So, Kippy, let me we ask you... We all love so... Alfie, but Alfie, you know, yeah, his, his high tolerance for holding onto the puck uh, along the blue line on a power play just didn't quite match Zuboff's. Yesterday, we're kind of kidding about a corporate ownership, like in Philadelphia versus an individual. And very court. So, you win a Stanley Cup in 94, 
and then you're there as a view, and then this this BS happens with Keenan. Like Keenan goes on, uh, I think he went on TSN, right? And kind of they orchestrate because his buddies are there about how they didn't pay a bonus, and here's what happened. Where we all know what happened behind the scene. It really set nowadays why tampering rules are so severe and it's so strict and rigid because Gary Bettman was pissed off about what happened. And you know, you're you're watch- and you mentioned about you know he ran roughshod over Neil Smith that year, running the whole team basically in New York and. What a guy a guy named Bob Gutkowski was running it, and then there was talk that J.D. might take over. Like, how can you win a cup? And then you're watching there, and all that kind of crap then happened. Yeah. Uh, Mark Messier, Kevin Lowe, <laughs> that, that influence to, to shut the noise out. And, you know, from afar, uh, everybody watched it unfold. Uh, Doug McLean, uh, because Detroit was just in the thick of things there because they were looking for somebody, and that's where the rumors had had started, or not the rumors, just the fact that Detroit came knocking on the door, and this was before the final was over. They needed somebody, and it was Keenan, and then that got kiboshed, and then St. Louis got in there. It was um, just a shit show. To That's the only way I know it, to... to Describe it. It was horrific, but those two names kept everything outside of that dressing room. It, it is still phenomenal that we were able to do it uh, throughout all of that. And you know, just getting back to Zuboff a little bit. They were the first Russians to ever win the Stanley Cup, and uh, they had uh, they had this party in uh, Brighton Beach, uh, the Russian community in New York, and. <laughs> All I remember is Kevin Lowe showing up in flip-flops going, I thought we were going to the beach. <laughs> it, was, it was the most incredible 12-course uh, meal uh, you'll, you'll ever find. <laughs> he was he was a character, though, too, Zuby. I, I got to dress beside him uh, in, in the practice facility, and every once in a while, Keenan would just call him in and just lambaste him and... Uh, remind him that no Russians have ever won the Stanley Cup and Don Cherry was right about Russian players and Don Cherry this, Don Cherry that, and he'd come back and sit in his stall and he'd just look at me and quietly go, who is this Don Cherry guy? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like he, he's nobody you need to worry about, Zuby. Just go out there and have a, a great practice. That's hilarious. So, so it's, you know, it's funny that, that like Mike Keenan, he had success in Philadelphia. He had success in Chicago and it really ended in New York. He went as the grand puba in St. Louis, but it's, it's whatever they call that principle when you get above the level where you really can excel at because he had a lot of stops after that, but it, it was, it was kind of, and I'm, I got, I'm not saying this disrespectfully, but it was kind of a watered down Mike Keenan after he won the cup with the New York Rangers. I, I believe in that kind of that, uh, that that short window when it comes to the, the, the truly hard asses. And, and we know how he was uh, and, and how he tried to motivate people and uh, that, that whole mentality of, uh, you, you you know, you, we'll galvanize you guys in the room. And if it means I, I got to be the bad guy or you guys want to prove a point uh, uh, to me, uh, he was all for that. But those guys generally... Gord, they have this shelf life of what three, four years, and uh, then then guys tune them out. You know, I 
coaching today is much different, and we know that uh, the the things that were said and done would never you'd never get away with that uh, today. Uh, I look around the league right now, and you know, with all dis- dis- uh, due respect to a guy like John uh, Cooper, I, I look at uh, Sullivan, Mike Sullivan, and Pittsburgh guys, and I'm going, this guy's a hell of a coach. Again, I I, I look at Pittsburgh and I'm like every reason why it's finally going to fall off this year. And all this guy does is he finds that fine line uh, between, you know, not, not kissing ass, but uh, uh, not uh, and holding guys accountable without losing them. And to me, Sullivan's number one in the league right now. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's between him and Cooper. I, they're very different guys, though, like you kind of alluded to there. I, I think if you were going to put it up there with those two guys, I think neither of them would be the wrong choice. But it's funny. I remember Kipper when we, like, earlier in the show when it started, we were talking about the Penguins after that awful start and, you know, talking about, God forbid, Sidney Crosby, where he'd want to go if he'd be want, part of a rebuild. You know, remember those conversations we had? And now, look at them. They're 27 and 10. they got 60 points. They're tied for first in the Metro. It's unbelievable, the job. Think about the injuries, the COVID stuff they went through. You're right. Mike Sullivan deserves a ton of credit. Sid now turning back into himself, being hot recently. I, I think it's a I'm – just, I'm just thrilled to see that the, the Penguins are still good. I, it's a better league when the Penguins are good, when Sid's on going, Geno's back. I, I, I'm thrilled for them looking good again. Boy, you Jari. Know, it, oh, just, yeah. just one note, uh, Jari. Gord. Uh, Jari, uh, another guy that everybody had written off. There is some speculation they still want to maybe uh, upgrade on a backup, but uh, this guy seems legit now uh, and, and should be uh, in the conversation of a Vesna. Boy, they handled that really well last year because last year in the playoffs, he was a difference maker negatively, and they handled it well. They It was understood. The goaltending but was a factor in them losing that series, but in the sense that they still had faith, and, and I think it was it was mutually appreciated. Uh, you know, Mike Sullivan, we forget now, he was John Tortorella's uh, running mate. He was the assistant coach to Torts, kind of like Mike Kitchen was for Joel Quenville, Dave Ferris for Randy Carlisle. You know, not all the time, but... You know, and boy, oh boy, just uh, just coming into his own uh, as as the head coach. It's uh, I, you know, a funny one. Kippy was, uh, and Seattle's finally playing better. They've been a disappointment, but you know, where was Dave Haxtell on the pecking order with the Leafs? Like he wasn't even the number one assistant. And uh, I thought it was just was an interesting choice for the Seattle Kraken. I know he's been a head coach before. Uh, I don't know where he was knew Ron Francis well or whatever, or did he interview that well? But I, ju- I just thought that was an interesting choice given that we're so close to Toronto. And he was like the, almost the non, the, the, the quiet, almost invisible from the outside assistant. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, Clearly, a, a Ron Francis call uh, right from the get-go, and as it should be, as he is the architect there. But that one raised a lot of eyebrows, and I, I'm not sure how that whole experience, experience with him uh, behind the bench. You, you talk to a few players individually, and not too many were impressed. Uh, is is the is the word that I got uh, when it came to managing uh, the the defense? So. I, I look at that team and, and where they are right now, and they are where we thought they would be. No one saw them coming out of the gate as a Vegas type of team. 
what's concerning for me is they got a lot of guys 27 or 28 right now that have some term. And I'm not sure if that is going to go in the right direction in, in the near, very near future. When you go sign a guy like Grubauer to $6 million a year, you should be expecting to be in a playoff race, if not make the playoffs. That one was really um, a weird one for me, watching him, watching him sign so late and then watching them where they are. They're, they're bottom feeders. Uh, you know, just getting a reminder, because so many of these friendships are forged working at the World Championships. So I got reminded that Haxtell and Francis, um, you know, just these guys go over there and it's just a casual, fun environment with the families that it's a consolation prize that you're not going deep in the playoffs. So that is uh, that is where um, that Great is where point. they would have met or connected in that and, and the hiring. And uh, uh, with, the, with Sheldon Keefe yesterday, uh, he didn't announce the starting goaltender on, on, on our show. I'll, I'll say our for now. It's not my show, but your guys. But I'm, We're sharing Board. Yeah, happy to be a part You're of it. Here. So it's yeah, and, and Sam was given some little injury updates there. So I guess we just got got the Red Wings on Saturday, and then uh, when I fill in next Monday, Tuesday, we'll have uh, an added game there, kind of back to back with the with the Devils, and then the non-existent and non non happening. Well, there'll be an All Star break, but Olympic break going on. Sam. Yeah, um, I'm excited to get through the the time here where it's been the two games a week. I know we talked about that yesterday. But yeah, Mrazek going tomorrow night against his former team. Jack, Jake Muzzin not going to travel with the team, so he was wearing the non-contact again today. They'll be taking it really slow with him. And Lilligren had no lingering effects from that fall he took where he got a penalty for falling into the guy's legs. So apparently he's going to play tomorrow, so few things going there, but it's going to be really nice after the All-Star break. The The All-Star game's next weekend, right? So after that, it really, really starts getting hot, picking up here. So it's going to be great to get into that. And this weekend, I there's just something about the Leafs and the Red Wings, that jersey matchup, the colors. It's so beautiful. Even if the Red Wings aren't as good as they used to be, got those, those good rookies that they got to watch. I love the Leafs-Red Wings matchup. I got a couple really good buddies that are Red Wings fans that I always chirp with, so I'm looking forward to that one on Saturday. Just a couple of uh, quick notes here. Uh, Brett Hall uh, is down uh, in Dallas for the ceremony, so he did another interview. He was swamped. Uh, hopefully we can get him on early next week uh, and get some feedback on on. Uh, the reunion that they had down there with their Stanley Cup uh, team and, of course, uh, celebrating Zuboff. So hopefully we can uh, shape up uh, Brett Hull early next week. Uh, one other note, guys, that uh, we didn't bring up, and maybe it's because this is becoming the norm, but uh, Trevor Zegras uh, with a Michigan move in Montreal. Mm. Like, are we bored mm. from it now? No. that I I will say that I've had a little bit of the Michigan goal fatigue I don't think a lot of you know it happens a lot, and the 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 shine's been kind of taken off of it. But that one, I think, is the nicest one I've seen in a really long time. The full stride, pick it up quick, up under the bar, and having Zegris, the you know maybe the the hottest young star in the game right now. Everybody's super excited about him. To have him do that under his belt, it's great for the Twitter and Instagram era. I uh, I was all about that one last night. What about you, Gordo? <laughs> Hey, goal, goals are hard to score. So, you know, Wayne Gretzky set up behind the net was his office in the offensive zone. So all of a sudden you add now another element from behind the net. 
putting it in. All I'm going to say, Kippy, is can you not quit picking on the weak links? Like Svechnikov tried it against Ottawa last night. Zegras and Milano did it against Buffalo a couple weeks ago. Now it's Montreal. Like, you know, can you quit picking on the weaker teams and, and try it on a playoff team? That's the next thing. That's my only request. The thing, the thing I thought was hilarious that that happened last night is he does it, and he's obviously so happy, kind of shocked, kind of amazed that it happened, and he does yeah. like this big celebration, like he's looking up into the crowd, and yeah. there's no one there. No, no, there was, there was, was like, a jan- who do you celebrate it with? There's no one there, Trevor. Yeah, there, there was a janitor. <laughs> there's a guy with a mop and uh, a bucket, and. Uh, just a natural uh, reaction, eh, to go to the fans and it's like for sure oh, there, there there aren't any. Would uh, <laughs> would there would there be a player out there? We know thirty years ago what a reaction would be. It's twenty twenty two. Might one of them at some point um, face somebody that gives them a little bit extra for, um, um, in their opinion, showing his team up? Kippy. Yeah, I I think those days are over, Gord. I do. I, I don't think that uh, they think of that anymore, the kids. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of been so well accepted from the current players. It's just another way to score a goal. I, I don't think there's anybody out there that would think that that's a hot dog move. We would, uh, but not 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 this era. It's just a it's an Instagram moment. The kids love it. It's good for TikTok that, boys. Yeah. It's just uh, that's not going to make or break uh, winning a Stanley Cup. I could I could assure you, but it it's good for Instagram. That's that's the era that we're in. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. We we will get Holly next week, and you Great. are not going to want to miss it. So, for the record, he called in. So there, which is nice on a busy day. So, last minute of play, Paul Morris. Oh, we heard oh, so okay. Paul. Yeah, I know. So I just saying. So he called in, but Paul Morris was just saying last minute of play. Please walk or drive carefully or safely. Whatever he said. Yeah, right, Kippy. Yes, and trust me, you do not want Brett Hall for like two minutes. You're gonna want a full segment of Brett Hall on his thoughts throughout the National Hockey League. Hey, Gord, good finish to the week, Kippy, and uh, you know, Strong and Sam. Effort. Sam is busy as well with Leaf games as well. We'll have the Leaf post game tomorrow night against Detroit, and I'm looking forward on Monday again. Thanks, guys. Enjoying it. All right. Gord Stellick, Derek Brandeo, Sammy McKee, always a pleasure, pal, with you. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe, everybody, and we're right back here on Monday on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Thanks for listening.